Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Ted Jones World Podcast with Peter Moran. I myself am Ted Jones alongside Peter Moran. Peter Moran. Dude, I was saying, I've been saying that in my head all day today. <laughs> Your name with a French accent. You know what? It kind of hits. Someone, someone did that to me recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It wasn't a French person, okay. so it was more like it what was you like just what did. I just yeah. did, right? Just butchered your name. Episode yeah. eighty-nine, dude. Episode eighty-eight was a lovely time. Do you lovely agree? Time. You know what I want to say about the Zachary Tyler Eisen interview? Yep. Go ahead. The kid came in dripping. Oh my god! Yeah, he did. It needed to be on video. That was the most important video interview, just because the drip had to be captured. Dude, what was he? He was rocking a champion sweatshirt, yeah. a Knicks hat. Dude, yep. and I want to talk about your drip today. Okay? okay, let's talk. You are wearing this vintage color of a champion sweatshirt today. Some would call it white. Okay. Well, gray, white. <laughs> it's like an old newspaper. Sure. Yeah. Old newspaper. <laughs> you got the champion sweatpants on as well. That's right. Two different colored socks. That is correct. This is a Ted Jones move. I've seen I've seen him do it many a times. And you got um some new wristwear, yeah. I see. Yeah, I yeah, you have that, a rubber band on. That's true. I got a I got a rubber band because Yesterday I was wearing. I see it. I see we got a rubber band with Ted Jones. I I was having a good bicep day yesterday, right? I was okay. a little veiny, and I was wearing one of my <laughs> tightest shirts, which like, it, you you know you have to know you get the the bulk is working. You have to know that like the shirt determines the biceps. It's pretty yes. much all wow. shirt. Like if you wear if you wear a loose shirt, you could be ripped. Toss on a loose shirt, and your arms just fade away in there. Like you're. It's almost as if your biceps react to how ready to be presentable they should be. So I'm wearing my best bicep shirt yesterday. Okay. So I'm like, I'm gonna toss on this little hairband, get the get the vascularity going, get the blood pumping you know, a little bit. That's get some crazy veiny. that you say that. I feel like I I've sp- I've spent a ton of t- t-shirt shopping time just looking for a good veiny bicep t-shirt. You're absolutely right. It's everything. It needs to be like a little too tight, like that shirt. Yeah. Like, if you can find a shirt with some length and it really shows the biceps, that's everything. That was like kind of on the Zach Tyler Eisen uh, episode. I found a shirt that was like slightly, you know, oh, yeah. slightly touching the biceps a little bit, maybe a little space off of it. But yeah, it's very yeah. important. Yeah. Um, I am a guy. I know you're a big workout guy and I, I maintain, but I'm a big like presentation guy. I'm the type of guy that's like, if I'm about to meet a girl, I'm doing 20 push-ups in the bathroom really? first. We're about to go to the hot tub. I'm like trying to get a bicep pump in the bathroom. I'm doing some push-ups. I'm doing like whatever <laughs> I can. Because that, if you have like a decent pump going, that's equivalent to like three months of like hard effort in the way that you're going to pop out. Like a pump is everything. You know, I've never thought about anything like this, but you're definitely right, man. You're I, definitely right. The pump is real. Oh, yeah. It's... If there's going to be a shirtless situation, uh-huh. like I will prepare for that shirtless situation like an actor. Like I will dehydrate myself. <laughs> I will be eating right for a little while. Like I'm ready to go when it comes up. But but do I consistently maintain peak? No. If I know if I'm well, home, I mean you only need to pump. You know, as you're saying, a few minutes before the date or whatever. Exactly. Right when, before you hop in the Uber. When the time to shine arises, I am ready to go. Every every other time, I'm chilling. <laughs> so, I'm Peter, ch- I want to talk about uh, you coming in today. The drip is real, as you said. Zach Tyler Eisen, last episode, Avatar: The Last Airbender, star uh, from Netflix. Check out that episode before this or after uh, you listen to this one. Yeah. You know, just get a nice little flow going. Do you appreciate that I leave the coat rack hook just for you each episode? Like, yeah. look what I do to my coat, oh, man. I just yeah. toss it on the chair over there, and I leave you the glorious hook. Do you I appreciate it. that? I liked it until right now. 
and then I now I'm consumed with guilt. Do you, yes, you no. should. I mean, yeah. too, the fact that like you never recognize too that I just I have my coat inside out on yeah. the brown chair over there, and your boy Peter Moran just has a beautiful hung up coat. Look at that thing. Yeah, for for the listeners at home, it is a beautiful black pea coat that is just dangling on the hook in yeah. Ted's corner, while his coat is stuffed like a Pringles yeah. can in the corner of his chair, as if he never wants to see it again. Yeah, you I, you know what? I I got like four of those hooks. I put two of them uh, sp- spread all over the house. I mean, there's one I guess behind the bathroom door. You know, for yeah. the robe that I never wear. Oh, I, I'm and then I got that one. Yeah. I, I hang a robe, and the other day I had a couple friends, female friends, but they were not, you know, bedroom visitors, so sure. to speak. <laughs> but they, but I live in a small place, and they popped in. <laughs> uh, oh, my God, a good robe. So you wear a robe for real? Well, I wasn't wearing the robe, but I had it hanging in. But, yeah, I wear a robe, especially pandemic. I'm rocking the robe, like, all the time. Really? But I had that robe hanging in the corner of my room, and they were they were telling me how I should change everything in my yeah, bedroom. Oh, and they were classic. Like, Classic girls, yeah. right. Uh, I, I got this robe probably from my grandmother like 2015 for Christmas, and I've worn it maybe maybe 20 times. I kind of – I got mine for my brother. Is It was almost like a joke, but then I was like, all and right, this, this rocking is who it I am. Fully, yeah. yeah. I like – we're doing a very visual episode. Yeah, I we like, are. <laughs> I think everyone just – well, I think it was just because we've got so many visual – so many visual cues and so many things that we think about are meant to be seen as visual. Correct? Yeah. Okay, so speaking of visual, I guess we can start to uh, dive into this one documentary I saw, because as you know, I love documentaries. The Tiger Woods documentary. Did you hear that this came out? I saw it dropped. haven't watched. Okay, so um, nuts. I super. I definitely recommend it. Part one and two, and um, spoiler alert a little bit, but part two of this Tiger Woods documentary, it's on HBO Max. The, the way this guy was able to compartmentalize feelings was uh-huh. just like, was on another level. Sociopathic. Yeah. So you see, like, there are probably 8 to 12 people in this documentary that uh, talk about how Tiger Woods just cut them out of of his life. Like, for good. Like, for something that was either so minuscule or he just stopped responding to their texts, their everything. It it seems like, and this is not ideal, and it's not a perfect rule, but it seems like the most successful people – are always a little bit of a sociopath. Uh, like you need to, to commit to cut people out of your life and to cut any distractions and to always choose the thing is that, that is going to push you forward career-wise takes so much selfishness. Honestly, it does. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not demonizing people that are very successful. You know, it's a goal in my life as well, and I've made personal sacrifices to pursue it. But it does seem, you know, the Kobe Bryants of the world, the Michael Jordans, the Tiger Woods, like these aren't like – people you want to get a beer with. It doesn't seem like the way they're described. They're like, I'm going, not just, I'm going to give you a hard time and be tough on you. Like, yeah, you're not helpful to the goal. See ya. Let me, uh, I want to go back to that, having a beer with. You remember when everybody was talking about President Obama and be like, I would love to get a beer with Barack (laughs) Obama. That might be kind of like a different situation. Like, he does seem like a good guy to get a beer with, no? He seems like it, but I just don't believe, and it's, we're talking on the day of the new president, who seems, (laughs) Biden seems like a chill guy, but you just can't be. You cannot get that far in life and actually be a chill guy. I think Obama, brilliant, brilliant man, probably fooling us all. Like, I mean... I mean, you do bad things as president. You you have to like nuke some people, whatever. Like they, it's a different world, and I'm sure there are justifications they're making in in their minds and whatever. But like, you do not get that far without making sacrifices that are not normal for human beings that are 
living a normal, connected to other human being life. Like you have to choose you. You have to choose your career. You have to make sacrifices for other people that they don't consent to killing them. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you think that people who are ultra successful have a more of an addictive personality than those who are less successful? Oftentimes it seems to be the case. Obsessive, hmm. obsessive yes. people. Obsessive, and a lot of people, addictive. You know, a lot of people, they need to be doing something like perpetually. Yes. And sometimes it is the addiction. Sometimes it's the drinking or drugs, gambling, whatever. Sure. Because that's how their mind works. They need constant focus and, and, and attention. Uh, but some people, they pour it into a career or, or uh, entertainment pursuit, something yeah, like, like this. You e- know? Like, or like an Elon Musk. You know, he still, yeah, talks, about, he still talks about how he works 100-hour weeks. You know, he's, right. doing, he's doing different things than he was 10, 15 years ago, but he's still putting in the same amount of effort on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think people like that, the, the ultra-successful businessman, it's all the same. Obsessive people. It's all they can think about. And we admire it, and we have, like, motivational speeches about it, but... And there's something to be learned, obviously, from that level of insane dedication. But normally, these people are not humans. Like, they're not normal. They're not like us. They are sociopaths. Right. So I wonder when there's, like, an actual, like, what really bridges the gap? You know what I mean? Like, when does a person (coughs) become so successful that their addiction has taken over and removed them from their family life, removed them from their social life, obviously, and what they're able to get done besides the thing that they're addicted to? You know what I mean? Like, I have... I was thinking about this today about how I've I've kind of drawn towards a little bit of a slight addiction to like these dating apps, dude, as mm-hmm. crazy as it sounds. Interesting. Like, how am I looking at a dating app almost if not every single day? Like yeah. that's not normal. Am I, don't I just even am think I that's like addiction a, though? Yeah, but am I addicted to the attention that I'm gonna that I'm thinking I'm gonna get when I check it? Like what is like what does that really have to do? Like why am I not why am I sticking uh to my phone when I should be going out and getting a drink with a, a female or something, even though it's COVID, you know, maybe that is somewhat different. Like I smoke weed every single day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like, I don't really like to drink that much. So like, what I'm like dude, what do I like? I'm like, I like dating apps, smoking <laughs> weed and going to the gym. So yeah. if you like those three things, hit me up. Yeah, it doesn't, it seems like you would be, <laughs> Ted Ted just made a call. Okay, send in your emails if you have questions, but also if you want to <laughs> if you want to just be indoors with that. Ted. Ted is like like the pandemic suits you. <laughs> That's it. We're we're looking for a homebody. I yeah. think you'd probably you'd probably I'm not saying you'd be uncomfortable, but it wouldn't be your vibe necessarily to go meet someone at nine o'clock for drinks and uh. have four drinks Bro. for two two and a half hours and be yeah. out way past your bedtime and, and then, still like, be trying to like kill, like be your best self. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, usually those nights would end in like a hey, like when when we go have a glass of wine at my house, right. and then like I'm I'm like once once I plan on going on a date, like I will write that night off as okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be drinking, I'm gonna be eating, and then maybe I won't be waking up as early as I would like tomorrow, and maybe tomorrow I'll be a little bit hungover, but that's okay. Like remember uh, yeah. what were we? It was like you and I we were talking on New Year's or something. You're like Happy New Year, bud. I can't <laughs> wait to um like have a beer with you like one like yeah, one time this year, year once a month. Yeah, we still having that beer yeah. together. I haven't drinking, by the way, since I went to Miami. Since I oh, really? had like a full night bender. So you got kind of a dry jam going on. Well, well I like mean, besides the the pot of weed, <laughs> the pot yeah, of whatever. weed I'm smoking every day. Oh, by the way, Willie Williams came over yesterday. Oh. Delivered a nice little package of a uh, pot. William Williams. I can't remember exactly what episode <laughs> number that was, but um, my drug dealer came over and um, had a conversation with. 
uh, Peter Moran and I here, and uh, that was great. But yeah, he was over yesterday and uh, just dropped off a nice little package. I like that. I tell you, I like that. Uh, for our listeners, if you go back to the Willie Will episode, then you come to this, you can count the days and see how long it took Ted to smoke a zip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. And this would actually be like kind of a good time because there was like a period when I went to Florida too. Yeah. And oh my God, it's so funny. I saw Willie Williams down in Florida no too. And he gave me some weed down there oh too. Oh my God. Yeah, the connect. <laughs> so, um, the no, but he's coming over here. I'll, I guess I'll be pretty transparent. He's coming over here like once every three weeks or okay. so. Okay. So I'm, I'm in, I end up spending, okay, we can kind of do this math. So yeah. um, let's, uh, let's figure 21 days and then he charges me um, 240. So I'm okay, spending so like 20. No, no, a little bit less. Yeah, like, uh, like, uh, is it? Wait, is it? No, uh, twenty one days, two hundred forty. Oh, sorry, that's ten. Yeah, that's eleven dollars a day. Forty divided by twenty one, eleven dollars yes. and forty six cents. Wow, that was close. Eleven dollars and forty two cents uh, per day on weed, and that's you know that's almost every day, and then maybe three weeks, like ballpark, maybe it's three to four weeks. That's I don't know. Play. That's coffee for some people. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, you have four coffees a day, exactly. <laughs> it's coffee. It's it's two Starbucks trips a day. I mean, I mean. That's not that's not insane to me. The it's the money, yeah. the amount that you are smoking is is more impressive to me sure. than how much is being spent on it. Like and it's, also, it's aren't you kind of also you're kind of impressed at like yeah. when I schedule my smoking? Uh, yeah, that's when true. I when I'm able to smoke because t- I've told you many times <laughs> I like cut it off three hours before any podcast I re-record. So like it's, it's like as soon as we're done, like I can spark a J, like I got it ready, like ready to go. <laughs> not actually, guys, but I yeah. don't know. Well, well I guess sometimes. It's, yeah, sometimes, but like. It probably averages, I'd say, on a day-to-day basis, probably like anywhere from uh, smoking like eight dollars worth to uh, <laughs> I don't know twelve or thirteen dollars worth. So that's like five thousand a year. It or could a be little less. It could be a lot worse. It could yeah, be. Yeah, sure. Well, it could be a lot worse spending habits. Sure. Not a lot worse uh, weed habits. So, <laughs> how do you feel about addictions in general? Because as humans, it, it seems it, it seems it <laughs> seems like we all have our addiction, whatever that may be. Uh, I, I don't always call it an addiction. It depends on where I'm at, but I have gambled, uh, more than my fair share in the past. Really? I, we've yeah. never talked about I, this. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't dropped it on the, because I used to talk about it on stage. I would, I would do this whole bit about how I lost 23 grand last year. Oh yeah. Wait, but that's serious. That's serious. It's not last year anymore when, when I said, but I had a whole bit and, and it got to the point. Yeah. So I used to play poker and I was trying to like elite at poker like i studied i played i got good i wasn't going to uh, play blackjack and flip a coin and see if i want some money yeah none of that like i had i've been to the casino i've done that but i was playing poker tournaments i've won a good amount lost more obviously and been reckless and and made bad decisions go to ac come back at four in the morning on adderall bender yeah i would definitely do all that stuff and i was very good but it was definitely when i started losing and then digging myself out of a hole i was like oh this is an addiction it's all i think about it's all i can i can do um, it's consuming my Whoa, life. There's definitely bro. an addiction. When wait, wait, when was this? How many years ago? By that way? was pr- that was probably 2018. Ooh, yeah, 2018 was when I quit. I was probably after like 10 months of playing every day, and then and you you sorry you do online poker or you'd like go both. to a you'd go to a club. I would go. Casino. I would go to a casino on the weekends, wow. and I would play online. Otherwise. Is it like mostly sports, or you did like poker? Texas no, I was just them. just playing poker. Yeah, poker tournaments, uh, purely, and then. In COVID, I got back into it, and I was, like, hesitant to talk about it because, like, I had addressed it as an addiction. I had, like, an official quit. But I was having a lot of success. I won up to, like, twelve grand in a tournament, came in first out of, like, 1,630 people on one tournament. I never had the big cash, like, the fat, 
fat daddy. That okay. never happened, but I, I broke 10K a couple times. I broke 5K Whoa. a few times. A million losses along the way as well. But what was crazy, though, I was up. I was winning money, but I was still full-on addicted. It felt like it, w- like it was taking away from my creative pursuits. It was like the only thing I could think of. I was like kind of blowing people off because of it. I what? didn't want to. Yeah. So did you pull yourself? I mean, keep talking about it, obviously, but I just have an uh, interjection question. Yeah. Did you pull yourself out of this addiction? Or like were your boys like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I wasn't the most honest with them at all times because, you know, it it, it is like that's a full addictive addiction. behavior. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know that. I don't know. I, I pretty much I cashed out. Um, I I it was a weird thing because in the past I would dip dip down to where I was like in a questionable financial standpoint and I would have to quit. This had happened twice in the past. This time. I was playing more than I ever had before. Like in the past, like I was playing every single day, several hours, staying up late. This time I was playing all the time. I would get 16 hours a day in sometimes. Like I would, I would sleep way less, like, like crazy amount. I'd be working. I'd have a screen going. I'd be on the phone. I'd have a screen going. I'd be writing something. have a screen going constantly. Cause you get in a tournament and you just play till the end. So maybe you're like highly attentive at one point, maybe not so much at other points, but you're playing all the time. It's constant. It's intense. But I actually, and it was because of COVID, I was like, well, I can't be out with people. I'm going to do the thing that makes me not be out with people. But then eventually there were some social opportunities. I was kind of blowing those off. I was becoming more isolated. It was making me depressed. I was having terrible hours sleeping. It was ma- That makes me depressed. Even without the stress of like, oh, I'm losing all my money because I was having success, it was still making me depressed. And I was exhausted. I was tired. And I kind of just like fizzled. And then I went on this bachelor party trip uh, in like the beginning of October um, I'd kind of been weaning off it for the prior two weeks, and then I just had a bender, three-day bender, just what, absolute blast. It was oh. like at to a casino? No, no, nothing to do with gambling, just being around people, just getting drunk, just having fun. And and I was like, oh, this is, I mean, not this bender necessarily, but this is who I am. I like being with people. I like connecting with people. Yeah, I like living absolutely. my life. This was holding me back from living my life. I don't like this anymore. I want to forget about it. I'm done. Uh, move on to the next chapter of life, and I did. So this was the weirdest stop. It wasn't like, oh, financial breaking point i have to stop i'm having panic attacks it was like i'm done dude it's crazy that people don't ever really see addiction uh, as a full issue unless it's quote negative addiction you know what i mean so like a hundred percent people love the elon musk working a hundred hours a week like that's 100%. great you know it's his passion he loves doing it people wouldn't look at like arnold schwarzenegger when he was in the gym four hours a day taking an enormous amount of steroids didn't look yeah. at that as like an addiction or stuff like that so it, it, it's kind of hard to shape uh, addiction and be like okay this is bad this is good but like all addictions i i guess you can say are are, are bad or affect <laughs> you and the people around you no it's tough it can be detrimental if i was writing six hours a day I wouldn't be upset about that. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's indicative. Sure. If I was blowing yeah, off like my job. Ev- like you know? Everyone would think that you're a super hard worker and like to strive to be like Peter Moran. You know, you got to be <coughs> you got to be writing six hours a day if you want to make it. Like, yeah. what? Dude, that's not that doesn't sound normal. The other thing, though, is is the stereotype. One, it's poker. People don't understand poker is Stere- a skill stereotypes game. Stereotypes of addiction, too. Yeah. Like I, I can be addicted to smoking weed, and like I, I can yeah. smoke weed every single day. People be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." It's weed. If I was drinking every single day, if I had two drinks every single day, yeah, people would say something different. Now, whether that's like, "Oh, it's gonna affect my liver, and I'm gonna get super sick," and weed won't affect anything. Maybe I'll just have brains, mushes, brains, something like that. But yeah, you're right. It's like based on the stereotype. Yeah, it, and and because poker, even though it is a skill game, there's obviously some luck involved. 
but it is a skill game on like other games at the casino. People still see it gambling addiction. Oh, you're throwing money away. And also I do like, like I would win 10 grand, then lose 300, 200, 100. I would lose a ton, then win big, then lose a ton. That's the style of tournament poker. And people see that. And I felt really judged because I'd come out as addicted in the past and I never felt comfortable really talking about it with people. So I still like even winning, I would be somewhat secretive about it, the hours I was putting in. And that drove me away as as well because that isolated me more. I was just uncomfortable with the fact that I was spending so much time playing poker and even talking about it positively. Oh, I won this awesome tournament. I'd send screenshots to my buddy, dude, eight grand last night. Sick. You didn't send them when you were losing 150 a hand. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I lost eight tournaments yesterday for a total of $600 because yeah. that's the minutiae. Totally. And that's, but that is still the process. It was still successful, but the judgment was too much for me. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, the people that are most successful have won tens of millions of dollars, yeah. high rollers, World Series of Poker. They're right. just as addicted. Right. But, but also the thing is when you're losing that $600 in one day, you see it as, okay, this was a, a day of hard work. You know, yeah. like you went into it not thinking about, oh, this is a full addiction. Like, oh, this is what I need to do in order to win that $8,000 in three days. Yeah, you know? it's a step along the way. As long as I made the Damn. right decisions Damn. the whole time and I focused as I play, it was a, I got better. It was a step toward success. But well, It's crazy, dude. What an interesting topic. Seriously, if you guys have any, like, that's not a weird addiction, by the way, that you no. have. But if anyone has any addictions that they would love to talk about, we would absolutely um, love to discuss Ted Jones world at gmail.com. I'm, I'm Peter Moran on, what do you say on parlor <laughs> <laughs> on uh, MySpace. Just kidding. He's not on MySpace, Instagram to uh, Twitter. So Peter, we do have a listener email uh, this week. If you want to pull that up or you want to get a topic in before we talk about that, but um, now I've got uh, this I potentially right could here. be, um, I don't know. It's a somewhat of an addiction topic. Maybe everyone's lonely right now and um, wants to connect with another person go ahead all right so we got uh email titled traveling to see guy good or bad idea so she writes in says hi first of all your podcast rocks and i'm so glad i found it thank you every episode is light and funny i would always i always get more out of it than i thought i would so definitely keep it up even with the smiley face we love you thank you for sending this hell now, yeah let's get into it here's okay. the deal also love that here's the deal that's how i'd always uh, <laughs> <laughs> title yeah here's the deal semicolon or yeah, colon give me the whichever deal. goddamn thing that's called <laughs> give me the deal i like this this is all right lizzie 24 by the way so this guy and i have known each other for a few years now and we like each other a lot but it's always been a right person wrong time situation since we've always since we're always at different locations all right We've lived our own lives, seen other people, etc., but somehow we always circle back, pick right up where we left off, and the spark is still there. Recently, we reconnected, and right now he's in San Diego and I'm in Dallas. When the quarantine restrictions loosen over time, I'm thinking about flying out to visit him for a weekend. He's in the Navy, so he can't come out and see me, which sucks, but it is what it is. Mm. Normally, I wouldn't go out of my way for a guy like this, but because of COVID slash quarantine, I'm especially lonely, horny, and in need of some familiar company. <laughs> Very honest. Just Love being honest. It, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, my question to you guys, all right, is whether or not you think this is something I should go through. We spent time together and all, but we haven't done anything romantically, let alone spend an entire weekend together. I have no expectations of the outcome, but I know that this could either go really well or very badly. From a guy's perspective, should I just say fuck it and go on with it? Or should I stop, reconsider, and move on, especially since our relationship can't go anywhere anyway? Thanks so much, Lizzie. Um, I guess I can, st- I can start this one off and then you'll um, talk to me. Yeah, go after. Uh, so I think, Lizzie, I think you got to go for it. You know, like while you're saying the timing hasn't been great for you guys, if you are both down to see each other for a weekend, um, I think we got to explore it. We got to explore that. 
you know, like you're saying everything kind of through your past relationships had worked and you guys have been talking still on and off, whatever. This is kind of like the um, the last girl who we were talking about like a couple episodes ago, how I was talking about how I've had relationships. She's had relationships. Yes. We still like kind of talked here and there. And then we were supposed to have dinner, but uh, she ended up blowing me off kind of. So, <laughs> yes, that it didn't end up working out, but whatever. That's fine. Um, I think here in this situation, Lizzie, you got to put your best foot forward and just try. Go for it. Go visit this guy. Um, if he really wants to see you and, you know, he's not able to get out of where he's at because he's in the Navy and it's COVID times, just go see him for a weekend. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You don't want to keep putting this off and keep regretting that you're not seeing him and you think it could potentially work. So if you think it could work, he thinks it could work, just try. No? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've, I've been in this situation a couple times. I visited an ex I hadn't seen in over a year. Do you mean like long distance? Long distance visit with someone I wasn't dating. I've been in long distance situations, but I've also been in like, we broke up two years ago. We kind of always keep coming back to each other, whether it's just resuming talking or seeing each other, whatever. Uh Visited her after two years, hung out. It wasn't really, it wasn't really there anymore. The spec wasn't the same. I felt very anxious. It wasn't a great experience and that kind of ended it, but I'm still glad I did it because I wasn't, None of my relationships were going anywhere because I was still stuck on this person. Totally. It feels like you're probably in that situation. Yeah. You, I've, had, I've been on the opposite end where someone who I was less interested in, like like a wedding hookup, wanted to, to visit me. And she did. And like we had fun for a little bit. Then it kind of fizzled. I was maybe the bad guy in that situation. Uh-huh. Kind of like this isn't what I want to be. But it was still like she found out. And I think we owe it to ourselves the answer. I think to find when out. you when you connect with someone, it's one thing to have a long distance relationship not go well. But when you connect with someone and you're always like, should I give it a chance? Should I not give it a chance? Whether it's long distance or not, like you kind of got to take that shot. It's harder sometimes to get over the person you never dated or you couldn't quite be with or would never really develop than it is the person that it didn't work out with because yeah. you, you hate to leave love on the table or totally. potential of it. So I, I think, yeah, I think you got to take the right. And, and the way you go about it, the way you present it, you know, like, Hey, I, if you guys are talking regularly and you suggest a visit, you'll probably learn a lot by his response. Yeah. To be totally agreed, honest. Agreed. Agreed. Lizzie, listen to this part. If he's, if he's excited and he's, obliging yeah let's do it let's you know this weekend i'm free whatever then awesome you're probably gonna have an awesome time spend a full weekend together i mean that's reasonable like in the experience i had where we had a full weekend together it wasn't great but this wasn't someone i had connected with super hard prior or seen a lot of it seems like you have enough of a background here that three days together would be great it'll be different for sure like the full-on being together all this time But if he's excited and you want to do it, yeah, give yourself a shot. Maybe it won't go anywhere, but you got to know. You got to find out. You know what, Lizzie? You're horny. The guy is in the Navy. I'm sure that he's horny as well. You guys have have a great connection. Uh, And and if he wants to put time aside for you, especially when he's in the Navy, that then I don't really know exactly what the day-to-day schedule is of a guy or a woman who is in the Navy, but I can imagine it's very uh, rigorous and you don't have a lot of free time. If he wants you to come out, you want to go out, Spend the weekend together. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, exactly. Worst but the worst, you, you lose $150 on the flight. Hopefully, he'll pay for a couple dinners. And then you're yeah. out a couple hundred bucks, but then you know. And then you can move on with your life, with this guy or without him. Exactly. That's, that's the biggest thing. One, well, one, like you said, you're lonely, you're horny. You guys have a good weekend. It'll refresh you. It'll, it'll put some, like, gap in this 
horrible long <laughs> <laughs> pandemic of like, oh, we had some fun time, hit the reset button, yeah. you know, minimize the dry spell. The other aspect of it is exactly as you said, like you are probably going to keep thinking about this guy. If you guys keep coming back, you keep always having that spark. Yeah. That person is going to be a deterrent to your future relationships. Just thinking about it, holding out for that possibility. If you don't kind of come to terms because you, you sound, you know, she says probably nothing can happen and probably not. If he's in the Navy, maybe something long distance, if that's what you're interested in. But again, you're never really going to know unless, unless you go for it, unless you, you find out, what it, what it could be, and I mean, then yeah, you have the details. I, I mean, on. crazier things have happened. Peter's parents are high school sweethearts, no? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if you go visit this gentleman, whatever his name is, let's say his name is Chase, because that's a fresh name. <laughs> if his name so is Chase, you definitely go, go see him. <laughs> <laughs> you go visit um, Chase, and you guys have a great weekend. He graduates from the Navy in, I don't know, a year and a half, however long he's been there. <laughs> And then he goes and he's stationed somewhere. If the, I mean, if the relationship yeah. is really that serious and it goes that well, I mean, it'll work. Again, I, yeah. When you talk about when you bring it up, you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out. Yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. Quickly. Right, yeah, yeah. If you talk about flying out, seeing him, discuss the logistics for what would be a a, a, a very nice weekend for this. Yeah. For also, this San young Diego. Man. Come yeah, on, get yeah, out there, oh, San Diego. Beautiful, best weather in the country, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever There's have no you ever been in a similar situation? Have you ever like made the trip for someone or or vice yeah. versa, like someone you're not dating, but uh, the trip not, was well, made? Not dating. No. Oh well, I, I mean, kind of. So like when I was I was like seeing this tennis player girl for like just uh, for a long time. We were never fully like dating, but we've been talking for a few years. And I would like go to Florida sometimes and hope that I'd see her. So I'd go to Miami and I'd have things to do down there, whatever. But like my my sixty percent reason for going down there was like hoping that I'd see her. Yeah. And then I had gone down there. Maybe this was like three times that this was a, a situation. I went down there three times, and two out of the three times I ended up even seeing her. Yeah. So it, it's definitely tough to deal with this situation that she's talking about if you're not dating for sure. But if you talk to this guy and you guys plan an entire weekend out together and he knows that you are going to San Diego to visit him, I, I'd say like this is this is a shoe and like this is a good thing to do. Just really feel out how he is responding. Though. Yeah. A, a lot of people don't, like don't fool yourself. A lot of people will use the distance as an excuse. A deterrent. Yeah. Like like. Yeah. There are people you talk to on like a almost romantic level and you're like, why isn't this a thing? And you need yeah. to actually address it. But then sure. there are people with distance and you talk on almost a romantic level, but you, the conversation never comes up because it's like, why would it? We're not near each other. And that was a situation I ran into a few times because I'd be on these like trips and I'd have like a weekend fling with someone at a wedding. Like this happened a few times. And then it would be the suggestion of a visit where it's like, all right, here's where the rubber meets the road. Uh -huh. Are, do I actually, it would make me, when they brought up the suggestion of a trip, I'd be like, oh, do am I talking to this person because I actually have some interest in them? And if they were near me, I would really want to date them and, yeah. and get to know them better. Or am I just talking to them because it was whatever? And I realized in those moments uh, where where I stood with, with any of these women. So I think that that's I think that that's the most telling. Um, and that's why I'm always a fan of, yeah, just do it. Just find out. And I also kind of want to say everyone really likes a convenient connection. You know, a as as bad 100%. as that sounds, like the girl who lives across from you uh, in college, uh, yeah, that's super convenient. She's hot. She's cute, whatever. But like, 
is that really going to work out in the long run when she lives two miles away in the next year of college? Like, I don't know. Who, I mean, who knows, realistically? But there is something to be said about the convenient connection. There's something to be said about the convenient connection. There's also something to be said about the, like, hook up with a built-in excuse of why you're moving on. And it doesn't, right. for the record, Lizzie, it doesn't seem like, based on the detail here, like, that's the case. And that's why I think you should have the conversation go yeah. out there. But there are... And it's probably more of a guy thing to do. And I've been there when I've been like stuck on someone. So I'm emotionally unavailable. So it's like, oh, here we are. We're on. A tr- we're not from the same town or wherever. And then you have like the hookup with no questions of like where this is going or, yeah. or what's next. It's just like, well, yeah, yes, uh, you live six hours away or whatever it is. So I think I think this is worth finding out. Especially you said you circled back before. You're never in the same area, but you keep coming back to each other. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not something you want dragging on forever. Totally. Find out. Give yeah. it a shot. Yeah, you got to find a shot. out. Give it a shot. Um, definitely ask this guy first. And Lizzie, I'd say at this point, since you're going, it sounds like you're probably most likely going to be going to San Diego and he's not coming to Dallas. I, you got to put the pressure on. You got to really find out if he's fully down. And you'll be able to tell if he's kind of not yeah down. i mean i'm assuming don't, you're staying like, with yeah, this person like, don't lie to yourself like if you're not if you're not uh staying with him and then you have to stay in a hotel and then you only yeah. end up seeing him one out of the three days like don't put yourself through that 100 percent, 100 percent. be very honest with your intention this is i want to visit you what's a good weekend i totally. could visit you and totally. you stay with him and you guys are together for the weekend this is not i might be around oh yeah if you're around we should hang out like Dude, that's that what is, I, like no. that's what i was doing yeah. with this girl in yeah. florida and then you know it's it slowly started to deteriorate like whatever i mean now i can talk to the girl i guess occasionally but i, I don't believe that there's anything there so be straight up lizzie 100 sure. you and and let that let that be the closing lesson of this podcast in all situations. Like you're not doing yourself a favor by defending yourself from the crushing blow of rejection. Always be straight up. And sorry that sounded pessimistic. I think this guy's gonna be down. I think you guys are gonna have a great weekend. I think you should do it and come what may in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Lizzie, thank you so much for writing in. Lizzie, twenty four years old. Yes, sir. And that's a great age. And <laughs> this one doesn't if this one doesn't work out, don't worry. There would be a million other, a billion other men who would love to take you out to dinner, I'm sure. And Dallas is a big city, you know, and COVID restrictions are definitely more relaxed there yeah. than, than in the San Diego, I would think. Yeah, get yourself some dude in a 10-gallon hat. You know, you're looking for a Navy man. You're probably in the right place in Dallas, either way. <laughs> Absolutely. Episode 89 at Ted Jones World with Peter Moran. Thank you so much, Lizzie, again, for sending in an email, uh, tedjonesworld at gmail.com. I'm Peter Moran on just about every social media outlet you could think of. And uh, we will see you guys on a Saturday at 2 a.m. for Earth Shit. Are we dropping this one Saturday at 2 a.m.? Yeah. We are. Excuse me. So this is Saturday at 2 a.m.'s episode. <laughs> we will see you Monday at 2 a.m. for episode 90. Anything else, Peter? It looks like you're about to say something over there before I shut this off. Bye-bye. Later.